0: In this episode, I had the chance to sit down with the cast of Dwarven Moss. We spoke about how Dwarven Moss originated, where it's going, and what the future of Dwarven Moss looks like. In addition, we took a bit of an approach on Dungeons & Dragons and how we see Dungeons & Dragons going on in the future, especially with today's media and technology. Lastly, we spoke about all sorts of Dungeons and Dragons topics, and we really learned a lot from each other in this episode. If you want to support Dwarven Moss, be sure to subscribe to their YouTube channel and follow them on social media. And if you enjoyed this podcast, remember, subscribe to the podcast, follow us on social media, and be sure to give us a review, talk to us, and let us know what you loved about this podcast. Without further ado, let's get into this episode. Hey folks, Brian here. Today we have an awesome guest on the show. Awesome guests, rather. We got the crew from Dwarven Moss. Y'all, how are you doing today? I'm really excited to have you here. How's everything going?
1: Oh, it's pretty swell. And great. And great. Yeah, it's so Nice to meet you, man. So th- thrilled to be here.
0: I'm so grateful that y'all are here. I'm so thrilled. I know we've been talking for so long about getting y'all on the show. It's been Quite an adventure with everything going on, but thankfully with technology, we're able to do this. Um, man, this—I'm so excited. There's so much to talk about. We were having such a great conversation beforehand. Um, we were talking about the different editions, which we'll probably be going into depth. I mean, folks on the show know that I, get, I i tend to talk a lot and often. So before I begin that, though, can you please introduce yourselves and give us a little bit about Dwarven Mosque? What? Give us a little bit about what the core is. Hey, well,
2: uh, yeah. I, I'm Chris Adiki. This
1: is... I am uh, Tom Hodgins. I guess I suppose I'm the DM in this campaign. Nice, nice.
3: Yeah, and I'm Jay McCarroll, and I am a PC in this game. Yeah,
2: I'm a PC, too. And I guess the core <laughs> what, the core of Dwarven Moss. Wow, that's a good question. I guess... Uh good storytelling yeah storytelling
3: you I'll know what it's survive. it's make-believe i mean like what are we doing are we selling D here or what what, what what are we doing we're making a podcast that's sort of like a uh i don't know it's like an old-time radio play yeah we're, we're trying to make a lot of sound effects i make original music for it and oh, cool. um tom has been like a friend of mine since we were little kids and we used to play it and uh We've just like revamped it and loved it so much, and we're just
1: yeah. It was one of those things where I just had this old me- memory of playing so much D and D, and instantly, like when I played this, like maybe like around ten or twelve, it was this is the best game ever. Like there was mm. no question. And then as I grew up and would look back at things, hoping they would be as good, and you know maybe twenty years later when I watched. Um, you know uh, ace ventura pet detective maybe it wasn't quite as good as i remembered <laughs> quality wise of a movie but when i got back into doing D, it was still the best game ever
3: yeah oh yes
1: like what the heck
3: yeah yeah totally and it still is i think so the passion's still there and- well because it, it you, it's what you make of it and yeah. the home brewing that we were talking about before this like that you can do with Five E and how accessible. Oh, it's it is. incredible! It's, it it's, Find our rhythm and just go. It's incredible um, the amount of homebrew. I was
2: just going to say, Brian, I, I think the core of at least what we do is we want to really focus on. We just by chance we're a three-man group. Mm-hmm. So, the core is like we focus on two players on this one, and focusing a story on just two people in this bigger, very well-known campaign. You're going well what do you want to do we want to focus on really good characters really rich storytelling
3: and failing at it too completely but like going for it that's what we're swinging for and uh it's hilarious to to hit it sometimes well it's all hard. What yeah, all hard what i've been listening to
0: um and especially like i've been able to listen to it and kind of digest like and, and really at a high level get the fact that it's a lot of heart and it's a lot of great storytelling, but a lot of great character development, something like, and I applaud you as a DM where you really let the players focus on that development. And I feel like Mm. there are streams out there that aren't great at that. I'm going to be 100% honest. I'm not going to say who, but I feel like they're, they are not great at the character development, which I've always talked about character development. You want a good story. Just focus on your players. That's all you really have to focus on and everything else oh, yeah. will work itself out. Obviously, as dungeon masters, I think we tend to want to do both, right? Have good character development and then have a good story. And then oh yeah, how does that happen? And you kind of go from there. But to, before, I, before I continue on the tangent, when did y'all start playing D&D, if you don't mind me asking?
3: Uh, Tom was probably the earliest of us to adopt it he played it like a lot right yeah
1: yeah AD&D uh, so second edition nice. uh, right around right around uh at 12 is when I started and when
3: when he was like around 15 we were like best friends mm-hmm. he introduced to us core friends that played like Diablo and like nice Quake yes. and yes. like a lot of PC gaming and he was the one that kind of represented D&D to us because he came and he showed us Baldur's Gate. Ooh. And he told us all about these intricate rules. And you could see on the scroll bar, all of the D&D rules happening. You can see mm-hmm. all this math and these rules and these long story arcs and choose your own adventure. And it was so rich. And so that was my entry point was uh, through Tom. <laughs> Sounds kind of funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pen and paper. Pen and paper. Pen uh, to the paper. Yeah, probably (laughs) when? How old were you, like? Eighteen. Something like that. Yeah, we did a little bit. We would
1: bring it back in, and uh... what about you, Chris? Yeah,
3: maybe. Ten years ago, (laughs) our buddy Jack. Jack is like, "Hey, let's play D and D because we
2: had the basement." All my comedian friends. I'm a comedian, so we'd go to our. Oh, nice. Comedy bar is where we all gravitated towards, and one of our friends was a stage manager there. So we just played D and D in the comedy bar during the day when it was closed. And I think we were playing, I think one very early edition. It was very boring, it was long, and it was a long slog. But I remember just loving it because I remember throwing dice. So it was like it was when I was a kid. I had the old, oh, the first edition monster manuals and dungeon master guide and i can't even remember where i got them but i grew yeah. up flipping through the books but i didn't actually play it until about yeah like eight to ten years ago
3: nice and what, and what about you brian so
0: i have a bit of a hodgepodge story um i grew up playing my own version of D D, which is essentially hack and slash lord of the rings with all my friends until I moved to North Carolina, North Carolina, I didn't find a, uh, a group until I met a family, um, the Tomlinsons, the Tomlinsons, Andrew and Zach, shout out to you guys. I love you. Um, still friends to this day, awesome Got like awesome people in my life. And we played everything like, played D we played Dark Tower, we played Access. So we were like, we created our own board game group, like, so we would play like D&D, we would play, like I said, Dark Tower, we would play Axis and Allies, but the Axis and Allies game was like homebrewed. So we went to, remember Kinko's back in the day when they could like blow up maps and shit like that? We, mm. we took the map and basically measured out their uh, dining room table dimensions, which could seat like 10 people. And oh my we god, were, dude, Yo. we blew it up. We, wow. we, we would blew have been it friends. up. Oh my gosh, we blew it up for you know to, to fit that size. And um, his dad ordered all the extra like infantry and battleships and all the other game pieces wow. from the manufacturer so that we could actually have large scale combat. And I mean, what? dad was into it too. Obviously, so it Oh, yeah, was gr- it was yeah. gridded
1: as well oh the it,
0: it was intense when i tell you we were famous for having like 13 14 hour like sleepovers where we were either playing Axis and allies or we were doing a dungeon wow. crawl like that's what we were doing for 12 hours and we would get all messed up on like monster or whatever energy drink we could find at the time or jolt cola maybe <laughs> something dude something with a um, with extreme amounts of caffeine and it was hilarious because our moms would be like okay have fun like do your thing whatever and then um our dads were like yeah uh uh-huh you'll be fine and of course they're the ones that are buying these like three four five hundred whatever milligrams of caffeine and we're just we're we were going ham dude I can I can relate to that in how could you
3: ever go back to like regular playing like with a smaller setup, we, co-
0: we couldn't and that's where i just decided to be like the forever dm and that's why like you know i have my terrain here i use i mean dude i literally in arm's reach i always have minis like who did you just hold up there who did you
3: just hold up there oh some old i, think school, I have that mini some old school warhammer oh it's so close oh, wow. to my mini
2: you know, that's so funny because my dad just invested in like computers and video game machines. So I didn't grow up with like board games and tabletop. Yeah. It's a more lot of my interaction with PC gaming, games. PC gaming,
0: right? Yeah, a lot of PC games. Yeah. Play, uh, yeah. Every console. Yeah. My grandparents, we were PlayStation. Like, we, we, see, the thing is, like, we got placed, like, we got like a place, a PS1, PS2, whatever ps3 because i love the star wars battlefront like i i mean we played a lot of different games but like yeah, star wars funny. battlefront was the shit back then but then our other friends you know the tomlinson's they had i believe they had a playstation and an xbox so like we would just share games and it was a perfectly good ecosystem until we went to college yeah
2: i will say like, nice. jay and i talk about this a lot our, my first big really Deep delve into role playing games with the Final Fantasy series, where I could understand yes. yeah. attributes and points and leveling up and all that. So knowing that from when I was a kid, and then yep. going, oh, Dungeons and Dragons is just
0: the same thing. Yeah, just- yeah. Dude, they invented the hit points, man. Branch. Yeah, man. yeah. yeah. yeah guy, not- at all. I mean, dude, like Did you
3: played the Final Fantasy games?
0: Oh, dude, with the Tomlinsons, we we played what, the Final um, Fantasy. Your Final Fantasy. Oh, damn. Um, I don't
3: even... I'm trying to see which one's... 7. No. Yeah, Seven. Yeah, I'll go 7. seven six. Only because of the order that I, they were introduced to me. I'm trying to remember because it, it was... I'm trying to remember. I know they
0: had a Lord of the Rings Final Fantasy-esque version. It was like Lord of the Rings The Third Age or something like that. Oh, uh, wow. That was literally... The later ones? Oh, it was for PS2. It was literally Final Fantasy, but... Like know, Lord of the Rings, maybe. Oh, cool. It was legit. It was legit. Um, yeah. So I just, I mean, I was also a huge Diablo fan. So yeah, same.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, my buddy, I, J- Diablo. I mean, to this day, my buddy John and oh, I, I still, we piece. still play Diablo.
3: Like and like, you strike me as a a guy who probably knows how to get like a hardcore build going in one of those games. And is that why you're playing it, or are you playing it like casually? Well. <sighs> when I first got married um, almost seven years ago
0: now um, my buddy John and I would play religiously. Like we played, I think we played 12 hours a week and that was for like, we played one day a week. So like from 12 PM to 12 AM, like we just played and, and my wife's like, okay, have fun. Like, you know, do your thing, like kill demons, I guess. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go like, you know, do some stuff. And, we we played for both right it was my 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 buddy john and i the only way we could hang out was to play diablo because i'd go to i'd go to his house we'd fire up the ps3 or ps4 or whatever you
3: know i think it was the ps3 at the time and then we would just play and he got a yeah, ps4 we had, we had friends around that age too like that we i know what you mean like you're only friends with somebody because they have a certain game because it was such a big <laughs> yeah deal. No, I, well, I had a friend or two like for a while where we just connected over a game maybe you guys it it like started a, primary, a friendship a or something well no 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 yeah. this,
0: this, so we had been friends beforehand but because i moved when i got married i moved like, like he used to live like 5 10 minutes away from my apartment so like pretty much every night he'd be like hey bro what are you doing i just got off work hey man come on over like we'll have a couple drinks we'll just hang out we'll play you know, games like kingdoms of Amulor, like really cool indie game. We'll play whatever. We'll play Diablo. And then when I got married, I moved about 30, 45 minutes away. So we wouldn't, we wouldn't, we didn't have the opportunity to hang out as much. So instead we said, okay, we're going to hang out at least once a week, play video games, eat pizza, do whatever. And we, we, you know, kind of rekindled our next phase of friendship through Diablo three and we played for a couple of reasons right we wanted the perks we wanted to do these awesome builds we wanted to challenge ourselves we wanted to see how far in the torment level we could go i think we reached like torment 12 or 13 and like paragon i think i was like a paragon 130 or or 120 or something like that i don't remember but it we we just we became so obsessed with it where I, at a point we were like what else is there and I rekindled my love for D&D um, cuz I was still playing on and off. I was playing in a campaign with a couple of guys that I met at the game store and it was great, it was awesome. Those those guys are fantastic. Um I haven't seen them in years just because they were we were running Curse of Strahd and some shit hit the yeah. fan. Yeah. Ooh,
1: there, there, we there we go. There we go. COS in
2: game or out
0: game? It so shit hit the fan in the game we had a kind of like post-session meeting and then everything else like happened so we were running so let me back up we were running a homebrew game uh the one the dm great guy he was basically showcasing the world that he was writing as an author and we were playing in an evil campaign i remember i was playing a dragonborn uh, barbarian by the name of Balasar. He was like a pirate type. Um, And mind you, I, it had been a while since I played. Some things happened where communication wasn't really um, had on my end and on his end. I don't, I'll just, I'm going to take ownership. Like my end, I didn't communicate well. And some items were kind of confusing, right. Especially in a homebrew Uh, we were talking about Mithril armor. Mithril armor in my homebrew campaign is like adamantine, like it is high level versus yeah, in this. Light. Yeah, in this, not so much. So, you know, I kind of my character, I, I definitely kind of got swindled with a belt of giants might for like mithril armor, but I because it's an evil campaign, I went in there, broke into the shop, beat the shopkeeper up, took my <laughs> belt back, and then you know, it was fine. But the homebrew campaign stopped, so we went to Curse of Straw, And then a couple of other players came into the campaign, um, which I had never met them. They seemed like cool people, but I had never met them, and I wasn't used to their play style.
3: So, like, one guy...
0: Oh, he's he, this he is, always. This plays- is really interesting. Him uh-huh. like
3: a new new players coming in. We've never experienced that like in a deep way, like during like a like a, a really set in campaign where a new player can show up and what that what that dynamic is all about. Like with not only in the story and the narrative that you're trying to hold up all yep. together, but in the at the table vibe too. Yeah, and, how they're and connected. And the thing is, is that they all knew each other, so I didn't know. I had only met these guys, and then a you know two other. That also sounds really fun. Exactly that. If they're coming in, the role play of it all, right?
0: It was fun. It was good. But then what happened is they started kind of they kind of started doing the well, my character would do X Y Z, right? Yeah. Those
3: that X Y Z was. How would you describe that? By the way, the that that phenomenon of my character would. It could be. What's your take on
0: that? It could be used as an excuse to be a
3: total dick. To do shitty right? things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I
0: agree. Um, it's just what my character would right. do. Exactly. It could be used as an excuse.
3: But why or, do you think somebody's is exploring that? I'm not advocating for it by the way, but I'm no, just no, no, I'm no, curious. No. Like, that, that's
0: a good question.
3: I, think, I know exactly what you mean. Is and, it just and, because somebody is failing at deriving the right re- reward from like Sidelining something, or know? are they
1: veering out of alignment? Even it's like, well, wait a sec. Yeah, I thought yeah. it says you're neutral. Good. What
2: do are you they mean breaking you- the
3: narrative? Like, are they third walling it, or mm. fourth walling it? They could be doing that. I also, from a psychological
0: perspective, I would also say this: they might be associating this character with something that they have not been able to express. Right? We role play. We play a character. Wow. So. Wow they may be feeling that they can do this because they weren't given the opportunity to do it in, you know, or permission to do this in real life. So they do it here. So they act a certain way. And that could then be like associated, right? Yeah. Like it's, sure, an, excuse. Sure.
2: it's an excuse for them to go, well, I can allow myself to do this in this world because we can do anything we want. Right. Yeah. You
3: see that all the time in improv, Mm -hmm. improv. Like I remember taking improv classes at second city where Chris was a a performer and uh, people in improv classes, you go like, especially like beginner people who are kind of just learning improv. Yeah. You tell it's like a therapeutic um, release for some people. And like someone will just enter a scene and maybe start crying and yeah. There's something kind of you can really romanticize theater that way the way people can just experience that cuz we're in the class just watching weird things happen you're just like okay well D&D is therapy, This is art right
2: D&D is my theory. <laughs> yeah it is my theory. Yeah it's
3: true yeah. It's an outlet I mean, we work, it's we an work outlet out of creativity there, you know?
2: So this Curse of Strahd
0: game was it, uh, also side note was Sorry. it 5e Curse of Strahd Yes 5e Curse of Strahd and we no. were all Yeah
2: it, it that began to get away from you.
0: Well, it was we. I remember my character. He it. We were. Pl- I was play testing the UA
1: Grave Cleric, and that Grave Cleric was like really OP. Like oh shit! Like I, I never heard about that one. So it was on Earth, on
0: It was on at the time. It's. I think it ended up being in Xanathar's. Uh, yeah, in Xanathar's Guide. So the Grave Cleric at the moment. Up to one mile can sense the undead. Mm. UA, it's six or it was six or ten miles that the grave cleric could sense the undead. Like so he's just having a, a meltdown in Barovia every time he's just twitching. Oh yeah, no, dude. Like <laughs> I I could sense how many undead there
3: were up to six miles. Like, you can
1: you could count them and everything. Yes. And
3: how, does the, could, how does it work? Like once per day, you could. Poll for the location, or like you always know, like it was once it,
0: it was once per uh, it was like something times your uh, wisdom
3: modifier that you could do it a day per day, like yeah,
1: wow, which was already pretty high because you're a ranger. That's yeah. a
3: heavy burden on the DM, too, to really and that's like the thing, hard so that that um, powerful. Oh, yeah, no, and,
0: and that's where I think I use the ability. It was that that we were in the session where you know there was there's the house full of like vampires okay. no 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 it was way after that like so basically we were well, spoiler alert like there's a house that you can go to and you're gonna get absolutely zonked like you're gonna <laughs> if you are not in the Sounds appropriate fun it is fun when everyone's working together but then uh. there was one character. I don't even, I remember how the guy, the old how, my character would do this. Yep. And he left, he said, see ya. And he split the party and left.
1: Oh, split the party. Dang. And we were all
0: like struggling, like people, like some people died and some people like, I'm like, I'm the cleric and I'm trying to heal people, revivify people. And like, of course, like one person said, well, man, you should have said something like in character about not, you know going and i'm like dude i said it multiple
3: times but everyone else just said oh i'm just gonna do this okay that is hilarious we have so many funny stories too like we i don't even know but we've been in so many like uh fork in the road in game and then kind of working it out decision-making like a couple in particular where we we want it to go this way no i think we should go this way well my thinking and my character is uh, you know it's not saying that but like you're kind of like working it out in character your argument for yes. why we should do something, and keeping it in game is such a weird experience.
2: Also, I, uh, nerd alert! Was it the Coffin Maker's house in Velaki that was of the of vampires? challenge. Because, time? Uh, time challenge. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. I know exactly what house you're. To
0: say. Yes. <laughs> it, it was. It, it was. Again, you know the it, the module's been out for a while, so if it's a spoiler, I'm sorry, but it 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 was just overwhelming for the level of for you know us as a party yeah. now mind you we also tried to ye-
2: I ran that so I ran Curse of Strahd after we played it and I ran it for a bunch of friends nice nice they my, my childhood friend and his sister and a stranger I'd never met and it was a great experience to run a long campaign like that we got to that point and they also said after having battles with so many different things, they said that was the battle that they were like, whoa, we really had to come together in that one. But, and it's just a house, there's a house mm-hmm. with two vampires, but they found it challenging enough that they were like, whoa, that one specific battle kind of almost prepared them for the rest. Yeah. Weird. Well, I have to say- a f- good campaign for that.
1: For our personal Strad, I- I took those vampires, but I had them placed inside the wicker sun. So I changed it a
2: little bit. I didn't want the encounter
1: to happen. Devil. Yeah. In the, uh, at the, uh, geez, what the heck was that guy's name? Yeah, at the coffin maker's house. So yeah. he was working with them, but he was taking these, uh, vampires and jamming them into this, uh, this, uh, wicker sun for the festival, of the blazing sun. And, uh, hmm. they, yeah, I like that idea yeah
0: and, and plus like that's the beauty of, of homebrewing right like homebrewing allows you to do really anything like if i were to run curse of Stroud, i would most likely use it well this is an idea i've been kicking around like take curse of Strahd and use it as a giant session zero and mm-hmm. then start your homebrew campaign so like make it where oh, like God. yeah like, yeah like curse of Strahd is how the party connected to get like basically your prequel this is how the party came to be and then you have your campaign
1: wow wow well there's certainly enough sandboxy uh you know loose threads to dig through in that book i mean the options are
3: oh yeah bountiful it's tempting too to just keep the story going when you build characters and you take them somewhere because really what makes like all of the written in stone narrative that you keep going through so fun is that it's being written and you're building this long legacy together that feels like it's really being penned Mm -hmm. forever. It's like, we, we experienced that. We didn't just like sit around and write a story. It's like, no, we lived through it. Absolutely. We were on that mountain and we did get through the adversity of this event. And so to think about like all, all those stories that you hear about people being like, oh, I've been in a D&D game for 20 years, or all these news stories about like long games. You're like, congratulations. That's probably incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's a mountain uh, yeah. for real. I consider Everest. I'm, I'm currently playing in a game
0: where the DM has been running this world and this campaign for almost 30 years now. And I'm just That's I'm fantastic. I'm, yeah. So Ray, aka got DM on Instagram, like his game has been going on for you know 30 years now. And there's 30 years of lore. Um, and the character I created like is a part of that lore and is has been doing things to influence. But then, like, I've been DMing a campaign that's been going on for about, you know, five or six years now. Just consistently, like, players jump in, players jump out. Very West Marshall style game, right? Where character development and just popping in and out when you get the chance to. Um, so, it, it, I think it's happening. And I think it can happen because it's d and I don't think it can happen if it was any other game.
3: Right. <laughs> well, because you can keep... Uh,
2: Risk is a long game.
3: You can probably keep that going for a long time. That is, is very evolving. true. That is very true. Risk. It, it's an evolving game. It's it's a beautiful game. You could just keep uh, you just keep it going forever. And I you're mean. gonna use this, the stumbling blocks that you will inevitably run into with like your storytelling ability and mm-hmm. gameplay ability because you're you have to live through so many hours of play, you're automatically going to get become a better storyteller. Yeah like when you think about these thirty year games, at the end of that, if you ask that person who's running that game, what do you think about story like what do you know about storytelling? And they're going to yeah. have all of this like real life experience about you know, I didn't even know I was doing it, but we loved the last couple months. We realized that was because we played out an arc and we had some inciting event and like had all these really nice story tactics laid out just naturally There's that yeah. great
2: John Favreau talking about the Mandalorian yeah like, you know, I learned about he credits on about his and wiki and like, yeah.
3: thanks to yeah. D&D yep thanks D&D it's such a cool tool thanks, well I'm pretty <laughs>
0: sure like Dave Filoni played D&D as a kid too like a lot of I, I, I'm noticing that a lot of great storytellers had their hands in DD, right yeah. they um they've had a lot of time under their belt so to speak through D and it's because D, again being a storytelling game that is what humans do naturally we tell stories around you know back in the day we told stories around the campfire we shared history knowledge myth lore everything around the campfire and we pass it on to the next generation And so on and so forth. In this case, we're doing the same thing, but in a different setting. We're not maybe talking about King Arthur in, you know, a in this context, but we're talking about some sort of lore or some sort of myth, which thankfully we get to play that hero in a completely and you know, I don't say my argument about it is that I hate to say that it's not real because the stories that you tell are real. It's just in a different setting, right? Like. There might not be dragons flying around in, you know, in our world. That's another great question you can pose. You think
3: that's air you're breathing now? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I
0: appreciate the reference. But it's true. Like, you know.
1: Dude, it's so true. I mean, I've lost a character and like felt like a part of me died.
3: I think it totally is real. Remember Jay? the reality of of real.
1: During one of your one shots. So
3: real, man.
1: Jay, during a one-shot, Jay ran this great one-shot called mm-hmm. Nictus, and uh, it was like a random oh, right. die roll that he made up, and there's, there would be this affliction,
3: and I remember my mm-hmm. character
1: lost its eye. Oh yeah,
3: I made him permanently, there was on the table of what could happen with the symptoms of this plague, your eye explodes, and so they like, forever gave them... Took away. Yeah, the I had
1: this ranger named Barris that I loved, yeah. and I was really upset. Yeah, I, I was like, "Wow, I can't believe I lost my." I eye. felt like
3: real like go person to person tension. <laughs> so yeah. it is real.
1: It cool. is real. <laughs> it is too, do you think
2: it's because we're all old farts and we and we're such analog girls in a digital world now that we want to go back to the time when we're sitting around like we were when we were kids?
0: <laughs> Around with around a table with friends, you know, looking at them face to face and going, they rolling dice and having fun and talking. Mm. You know, why not? Why not? I mean, <laughs> why not? I, I mean, I my thing is this. I don't think it's only because we're old farts. I think it's because that's who we are as humans. Like the digital Absolutely. stuff is great. Yes. But true. if you if you see like even some of the like some of the studies that have been coming out talking about like how technology is, although it's a great blessing, technology has that anchor that weighs us down as humans as well. Like we're made to be in community and we're made to be around each other. And we're made to talk. We're made to communicate and share emotions. And that's what d d captures. So as long as d d is around, it's going to capture it. We're right. going to be able to fill that.
2: I was going to do an interview yeah, with a guy. who was absolutely. like, this is how they play D&D in jail. Is that they get they don't they can't have the books in there so they have to hand write out like entire players handbooks and entire dungeon masters guides and they don't have dice so they made an actual like a spinner like a sixteen wedged spinner like holy crap and chop it into twenty wedges and just spin it and that was their die and there were guys who were breaking rules going from one pod to another they weren't supposed to be in just to play D. yeah them.
1: just to get in that group because where the better D game was at so <laughs> we
3: just need to convince um somebody to give us a million dollars so we can go document that um game that whole campaign that they're playing i'm just following listen it. yeah
1: it would have to be a homebrew right because they don't have all the think books. about the yeah. outlet
3: that the prisoners wow. have <laughs> yeah we're talking about it being an escape <laughs> That's an escape from,
0: like, a 24-7, I mean, you maybe have really? one or, yeah, I mean, you have, what, one or two hours of time outside, like, working out. And doing all the that. time in
3: the world to play D&D? Hold on a second. Wait a second. Chris is starting to sound pretty good. I'm, I'm waiting yeah. to break the law. You don't have to do anything else. Three meals I'm, a day and nothing to do but play D&D? You know what? Fuck it. I, I'm going to jaywalk tonight. Yeah, Jaywalk. I'm going to keep on
1: jaywalking too you know until they get me. <laughs> That's
0: right. But You know what? Jaywalk, I'm going to go and you know what? I'm going to look at someone else's mail. That's a felony. <laughs> hey, there you go. Ooh.
3: We're getting close to murder, guys. That's Don't right. worry. Yeah, we're, we're
1: getting there. It's escalating quickly.
3: Just um, kidding, y'all. I'm not going to commit a felony.
1: We're all yeah. JKs.
3: JKs, y'all. You can do that. You can
2: look at anyone's mail for you
1: yeah Brian's just being nice because he knows in Canada we all share each other's mail
3: um <laughs> yeah. bearded nerd I have a question for you yes yes um your Instagram content mm-hmm. is really funny you release you. a lot of really great memes of, thank and you starring yourself and I, are these all just like D&D thoughts that just pop into your mind and just just yeah pretty much bust out I'm, a video
0: I make my own memes, both uh, video, like both like in real form and in like not like just in images and whatnot. So every meme you see unless like unless I'm crediting someone specifically, I've made that meme.
3: Oh, cool. cool I just cool. like spicy.
0: That's memes. what I thought. Yeah, I like spicy memes. And also no, like hilarious. I, I feel like so many content creators right now. They're either doing educational stuff, very serious stuff or like Comedic, and I think it's good to have you know just be who you are, be authentic to who you are. I like to create content. I like to share my content with folks in the community, but I also like to make people laugh. So you know, that's just what I like to do.
2: Great job, brother.
3: We've, uh, we've been we've been trying to do the same with the, the way we play D anD D. We're just uh, sometimes we want to laugh we want to make it funny and other times we just want to hear a good story and try to add as much as we can to the drama of that and
1: um, yeah raven brings a lot of drama because it's it's got the horror vibe too just a little so that bit kind of when just we were a little bit yeah. when we were starting so the like, dichotomy of the two what, the comedy and horror yes you know that's, we, it's it it's is kind of it, something there's
3: comed- there's a rom- romanticism of of horror um it's like an old school thing and when we started playing, like, Curse of Strahd a couple of years ago, we were, like, now adults playing mm-hmm. D&D with much more of our tastes honed, I think. Like, we all come from different, like, kind of creative backgrounds that kind of found each other in this form of D&D. Mm-hmm. And when we really started getting into it, we would, like, talk after the after every session we would come over and we'd be talking about the rules and how to play yeah. better. Like how to just like hone, it's like working on a golf swing. Like, no, how are you really supposed to swing it though? Yes. And be like, oh,
2: and we,
3: and talking about things like how we should slow our gameplay down and like, just, you know, um, Touch the leaves and like work the senses and say, Oh no, but oh, we should my. orient like ourselves and we should move the narrative forward and like oh we should do read this part, but explain this. You know what I mean? Like little yeah, nuanced gameplay ticks that we're trying infinite. to try and, to but, get the gameplay right. And that's I feel like that's
0: the never-ending aspect of D, right? Yeah, it is kind I
3: mean, of depth like uh echo Brian Thanks you're hun- you're hunters. bottomless you're yeah.
1: right that's well that's what we keep talking about because I don't want to play this game and then read the book and be like I know everything I want it to be the game that keeps on giving and I have to keep learning from
0: I want this to be the game that I can pass on like if my kids want to be the dungeon master of this world they can play it they can have they my can- love <laughs> yeah and <laughs> well they can they can say listen like you know, if my kids want to play in this game, they can play in it. If they want to take the DM role that they can do it and they can just make it their own and do whatever they want with it. I find it where my second, the the second group of players that I had in this campaign, um, a lot of them were PC gamers. Like they, like it was hard for me to, rather I thought to myself, I kind of had to compete with the video games because these guys were new players they didn't know anything about D&D. One of them watched a lot of Critical Role and kind of had that as their background of D&D. So obviously like now it's like I have this individual who's like every D&D game is has to be like Critical Role and then every, you know, other session that we have has to be a Skyrim, Final Fantasy, whatever it may be. So it's like I had to compete with that, which at least in my head I thought I needed to compete with that and then I realized oh I really don't have to compete with that if I have a really good story if the yeah. story is really good and I nice. focus on character development that's all that matters the if
2: forever curse of the dm though going that little that little worm in your brain going
0: oh no are they liking it yeah liking <laughs> it? oh buddy. absolutely
2: it's yeah, on our edge you know
0: Oh no, absolutely. Like there's, uh, there are times where I'm like, damn, am I a good DM? Like I suck today. Or I like just suck in this aspect. I, I And I beat myself up. And I think that's one of the biggest things we
3: beat. We tend to beat ourselves up. It's that. Yeah, and it's yeah, also it how, how tough the role is. Let's be honest. Sometimes like people, you're sometimes you figure it out and you get mm-hmm. on a run and, and some the stars align and it's, freaking awesome yes and uh and then other times you're kind of dropping the ball and you maybe you miss one thing and you're trying to patch it up and you're kind of hungry and you're like oh no oh, it got- doesn't always have to be the most amazing thing it's a long
2: i also like journey like, am i good at playing imagination time oh no it's my imagination <laughs> i know, good. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
3: but that's hey that's the sport that's the sport I, that's I play it.
1: that's it we we call it uh, for for the DMs. We call it spinning plates. There's just a yeah. lot of plates you're spinning, and even when you're talking to a character, maybe even as an NPC, you're also thinking about like three other things in the background, yeah. and you're trying to sound like you're fluent and really? present and minimum, really. at, at minimum, yeah. And every tidbit is like uh, is another thread that could link into their backstory. It's another opportunity here. It's it's not just oh yeah yeah.
0: I mean branches if you, as a dm you're not only concerning yourself with like the the like let's take it from like the start of a session right how the if you're gonna like tomorrow i'm gonna play D with my in-person group what do i need to do i need to make sure that i have some notes ready well i you know the notes back then i used to do things way differently i used to prep for a session now, I just prep for scenarios because I've laid the foundation down. Uh, and that that, that's that's a
3: golden rule, man. That is yeah. the golden rule of preparing. You need, yep. to,
2: you need to do the over preparation to learn how to go. Wait a minute. Now, you need to do all the foibles at the beginning to learn where we, yep. now we put our 10,000 hours in, you know. Yep. So- I know how to do
1: this. well the baseline is the over preparing and then you that's can true. work on the scenarios so if anything be, happens yeah. in the scenario you always have the baseline to fall back it's to. an
3: improv show it's not a scripted show you're no. not writing a script no. you're writing beats and you or scenarios or just like what the game is here yeah that's all you your possibilities
1: doing. yeah so how do you prepare now uh, these days brian
0: i mean so right now like i'm looking at notes i basically have like an introduction of okay this is what happened last. Based upon last session, this is what happened, and then I have part one, the role play. I say, okay, this is the These are the NPCs that are going to be present. Um, obviously, if they go, if if I'm planning to go right and they go left, I have NPCs ready. Those tables that I I share on Instagram, those are tables that I've created based upon these like lessons of hey. I've had players quite literally in in separate camp in separate aspects of the campaign have said, Oh, you know what? I, I just saved this nobleman. I want to open up a brothel now. Like quite literally just going that route. And me being, oh, okay, I guess that's what we're doing now. Um so I've had to prepare for that. But basically, I prep a couple of things. I I have the NPCs, their names, their occupation. An yeah. accent to give them, uh, things that they would talk about, right? You know, certain right. things of their personality. Um, the players obviously don't know this, but for example, I have a, um, yeah, room, everything. All I have all the things that are going to support their deve- their development. One player right now, um, he just asked the, this NPC, his name's Captain John, to be his mentor so to speak because in, in my game I like I like to have that mentoring from level 4 to 5 as like you basically get to that next tier of gameplay through a mentor so um Oh interesting I never thought of that I like it, it it's a it, it gives an apprenticeship it also it, but it gives like some really cool character dynamic and some development wow it, it's really interesting That's really awesome I like that really interesting stuff um Obviously I kind of made a bit of a, there was a bit of a boo-boo in the sense of I leveled up my players last session and they're like, well, wait a minute. Like, how can we be at level five now? Because of this, you know, we haven't been able to. And honestly it was because of the amazing role play that they had in this past session. Like we, and we had combat, we, we had some combat, not going to lie because they're on, they're on a boat and, bandits have been basically like you know scouting the area and they kind of like ambushed them and they attacked they did their thing but this one player she's playing a druid she used thunderclap to say can i use or um she said can i use thunderclap to speed the boat up but also cause like this wave to distract the bandits so that we can make a getaway and then use gust of wind on the sails okay. i was like hell yeah go for no, it like Let's do it. Figure that out. So, for that, I was like, Yeah, that's amazing role play. Like, level up. Go for it. Like, let's do
1: Just this. the wind and sails. I mean, I've only oh, dreamt so, of doing that.
2: Yeah, Thunder Wave. That's a great
1: idea. Thunder Clap. Thunder, thunder clap. clap. Creating a Thunder Wave, I
2: How guess. your NPCs have Cuban accents, Brian? So,
0: they have not gone through that. So, there is a part of the world that has more like, Well, there's a part of the world that has some Creole influence, that has some Caribbean influence, that has some Spanish influence. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are those parts, but they haven't explored it yet. Um, And and I'm very careful of certain accents that I provide, right? Like, I...
3: um... Why? Why? No, no. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Well, do you do a lot of voices? Like, yeah. Like, really? Cool, Mm -hmm. cool, cool. So a lot of like dynamic role play, like, like you've heard our, uh, just at least some of ours, like, how does it compare in terms of like um, how much in character voice acting there is? Well, I try
0: to read the audience, like, especially my in-person group. There are some that aren't. Um, Some of the players are, they will say, you know, get into an accent or they'll get into a kind of like mannerism. So I read the audience and I, I match or do go a little bit beyond because that's my job as a dungeon master to do that. Um, my online group right now, I have a couple of folks that are they're dungeon masters themselves, so they love the accents. They love the I. They love getting into role play because they don't get to play right. They're dungeon masters, so they 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 don't have that ability. And I have a couple of other players right now who are just joining the campaign who are definitely going to be more role-play oriented. So that will allow me to kind of get into more of that dynamic role-play. For me, it just helps me, right? It helps me separate the amount of NPCs in my world. Like the dwarves in my world have very Slavic accents right there because my buddy that I was playing, he's Bulgarian. So I was like, man, it'd be cool to have some like, you know dwarves that have that like deep, heavy, like Slavic accent, and it'd be a way to honor him as my friend. Um,
2: instead of that very Scottish, I think we just you know, from that Lord, yeah, of
1: give us of course, how about you give us you a know. how about we do uh, dwarf meets dwarf? We do uh, Scottish Born uh, perhaps meets a Slavic dwarf, well, my okay,
2: dwarf is a very you know, very Scottish, <laughs> very old like this, and he loves the sunshine <laughs> and all the mountains.
1: Ah, uh, very good but
0: uh, my people's my people are from very deep in the mountains, and we yeah, like to stick together our family our clan is very much a honor and if you yeah, do not
2: is very much the same as
3: we'll. then <laughs> we are keen
2: more,
3: I... da then we are keen.
2: Oh,
3: yes. <laughs> and their voices echo Not down the cave. Case. That's right. And then <laughs> the the difference is, you know, the dwarves of of my world, like
0: they're most of them are tatted up, and they have they look like they're in the brotha That's that, that's just the difference.
1: Oh, yeah. That's cool. Like dwarven
0: cool. 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 Yeah. yeah. Have
1: you used any of those uh those tatted uh, magical tattoos from Tasha's yet? Ooh.
0: Yes, I I do, and and this is the thing. The crazy thing is, it's like I. I feel like as a dungeon master, I and th- this is kind of like the double-edged sword. When you have, when you build out the foundation, your players have to respond to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because okay. if your players don't respond to it, then they're not going to tap into that, right? Yeah. I have, I, I have NPCs that I use. I mean, hell, the player, the character rather that I'm playing in uh, Ray or, or Got DM's world. I'm using Natasha's rules because uh, he's a tattoo artist. Like that's like his occupation. Um, oh, cool. he's, a pa- he's a paladin, but his occupation yeah. is that of a tattoo yeah. artist. Like, right. so he wow. makes, oath like
1: oathbreaker
2: Badass. Don't you all, also love the nerdiness that we can build someone's backstory off of their like subclass? That's really cool. Wow.
0: Well, and, and that's the thing. So that's this good. sub this subclass is a very unique one. It's called the Oath of Watchers. Um, so like this oath is basically to, so let me take is a this step. UA? This, it was a little bit of UA, um, with a lot of homebrew. So, cool,
3: cool. but you're saying the, this is the one that's in Tasha's. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, so basically this character, Dane, you, you've probably seen images of him smoking a cigar on Instagram, things of that nature. Dane was my first character. Dane of the Misty Mountains. That was the first character, and then when I started playing, Dane Battlehammer in my uh, homebrew world, and then now Dane Graniteheart in Ray's world. So, Dane has, is kind of like a planeswalker in my opinion. Like he's like that Ooh. guy. He just goes and essentially his job is like the Watcher. He watches over, and if there if there is something that's bad, in unlike the Marvel watchers who just watch yeah. like he will do something yeah. so he doesn't break his oath in fact he his oath is to ensure that the evil does not in, enter into the material plane and he can fight that right he can keep that balance so yes it's pretty cool wow.
3: yeah and the d energy is strong with you Brian. i appreciate it i feel like don't you guys D&D feel like D&D you're getting
2: high chlorine count with the...
3: Oh
2: yeah. I f- yeah, I feel like I, I feel like, like we're
3: now. like there's something about the table feeling that's almost happening where it's just like oh yeah, like really getting into like reading long things on my cards and the books.
0: Because this is all real, man. That's the thing. Like cuz it's all real. This is no, to me it's real. Like this is yep. like this is a story. This is a character that has been around with me since I was a kid. Like this like ironically every game that it's I've so played. It's so great. He's never died. Like the day he dies, it's like the day I will retire him. Like it's wow. I, you, How I, many DM, you...
3: DMs um is are there in your life that have the power to kill him? Currently one. Okay. Because
0: that's I do not I How's your
3: relationship
0: with this person? Him and you I know, are very good friends. It's we are very good keep friends. it that way. Yeah, no, I I I've already told him and he's a I mean there was a session he's so right now in this current campaign he's level uh dane is level 12 um because it takes a long time to level up but that's there was there was a combat encounter this this it was a demon who was cr30 like a homebrew oh, demon shit. and mind you Dude,
4: m- was
1: bad god. well there's a bunch of them but that's God's god 30 demon yeah that's wow straight from the nine hells man the deepest lair
0: yeah no this is like well that's the thing this is all homebrew so
1: right
2: right
0: because it's homebrew none of this is like i think we we don't he does not refer to anything forgotten realms he referred like this i mean ray did his re. and again he as a kid with all his friends did this research would go to the library and play and would like read egyptian mythology to like Find this God or that God or, you know, whatever it would be. But yeah,
3: he I like that.
0: It was crazy. I mean, you he's get
3: like- out what you put in. Oh my God, that's the that's the tragedy and the beauty of this game. Yeah. Too. For
2: all of you, do you guys ever think to yourself, man, missing out? You don't play oh D&D.
3: my God, you're yes.
2: Out
3: so Especially all of our friends, our other friends are not into D and D. I have I have more than these two guys in my life. They They don't awaken. They yeah, they haven't been awakened to it, but they they see one of us like you've been asked this. Like you're really into that D and D. You're always talking about something you did.
2: Dungeons and Dragons going for it I'm, right? I'm
3: kind of interested and they kind of ask a little bit of questions. And I was, just, I kind Honestly, of tried to say it's kind of
1: hard to explain it. It is in hard. In the way you it really is. want to explain it. You feel it. like uh, for so the religious, really get sort it. even of though person handing out flyers, even though all of us could clearly talk about it for like the next five hours straight, it's yeah. still hard to boil down yeah. and deliver to that type of person while well, they'll even understand.
2: It's less uh, the levity of it all yeah it's less explaining in concept and more explaining like a deep fulfillment
1: right yeah yeah. yeah it's not like oh you roll dice and then if you yeah. roll high you win
0: i basically say <laughs> it is a collaborative storytelling game that you play with your friends yeah yeah, yeah that's that's it. It. Wow, that's a, a great tip of the
3: iceberg I, i've started with something very similar to that i've also used uh um, it's like a real, gr- it's a great exercise in just gaming, like a, what would you do scenario? What would yeah. you do in this scenario? Because, absolutely. Would you rather sort of well, the, game or The something? collective
1: storytelling part is so great because Brian, and I know, I know this is something that you're into as well, but as a DM for uh, the Curse of Strahd campaign, and regardless if it was two players or not, uh, but I really, really wanted their backstories and then it's like I have my story, and then there's there are two backstories, and their two backstories are not. They're both individual. They all have the exact same weight. So how do you meld them all together? Because I just find it's really important to engage with the player's backstory because yeah. that's their chance to do the collective storytelling. And then what happens in that in that pot when you when they, it all gets mixed together? That's kind of the
0: so. You know, uh, I think the best way to do that, like you, focus, you have like a main storyline, right? But right. then you treat every character as a arc. Like you treat them as a different like story arc. So if yeah, you have right. five players, you're going to have five different story arcs. So like you're going to focus, like it's going to be the main story, then the five different story arcs. And then you're going to have the rest of the main story that they're doing. It's almost like they're weaving in and out. Of the main story and then their own personal story arc until they fight the BBG or whoever it is. Right. Or if you're going to, if you want to have a continuous campaign, the BBG, and this is something that. I thought I was doing this and then I found out like, you know, my DM Ray has been doing this for 30 years. I thought I was like special and was like, oh shit, this is cool that I'm doing. I'm the only one who's doing this. And it wasn't true. And and what it is, is I like to pin people against each other. What do I mean by that? I like, I don't like, I have, I, I do have a main BBG, but if, I, if the, if like my in game, my, or rather my in person group of uh, players, they are doing a couple of things. And my online players are doing things to hinder them. So when that in person group finds out that this group
3: is doing that, guess who's the BBG now? Those players. (laughs) You mean you're turning them on each other so much that they go to kill each other? That's I mean, I'm not doing anything.
0: <laughs> That's their choice. That's their choice. It's their choice because okay, here's a good example.
2: Also, you're running two campaigns that affect each other's world.
0: So the way I think about it is that I am running two groups. Same world. They're doing their own thing. Wow.
3: But this it's is just so- amazing. And you're just you're just like keeping each other up to date, like a bulletin board of like, well, they actually took over that hideout that you took over, or or something like that like Some, yeah affecting well, the other game essentially that is what
0: was happening um obviously because my game is very and especially like i had a daughter like i had to kind of put a break on that because you know not sleeping and it gave me now mind you like not sleeping at night because like i was helping you know feed my daughter and do all that it gave me great time to be like oh i'm gonna write a bunch of stuff i'm gonna like revisit my game notes and do all this stuff and like you know i i had the pleasure to still play with my friend ray um and in his world now again i mentioned i thought i was doing this and i was hot shit like ray aka got dm has been doing this exact style of dming for 30 years with sometimes over 50 players with sometimes you know mini pods like i guess that's what that Mini groups. The video
3: we just watched was about the long game.
0: The yeah. game. Uh, oh, the game yeah. D D was it the wired video, the documentary? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've yeah, they've been playing for 40 years and he has like multiple. I think for him, like the one thing I saw from his documentary, I would love mind you, I would love to play with him. That would be awesome. Same. He I lives, he same lives in our that, province. Like he would be great. No kidding. He, he, he,
1: he lives in our province. That's right. That's we, we should try, try to Ontario. He's to like probably I a couple hours away.
0: Yes. I mean, oh, yeah. listen, that would be legit because I think it's a second edition game. And
1: oh, now... Cool. I,
0: I mean, I, have, I don't have any... I would, I would personally feel intimidated because I... Um, and this is what I felt with Ray's game. I'm like a new guy coming into a world that's been around for 40 years. But then what helped me get over the hump and this is something again shout out to Ray where he was like dude like you're going to be your own person in this game and that's what I think everyone should understand like going back to the what we were talking about like players jumping into other groups and stuff and new players like you're going to make your own mark right so don't be afraid to jump in the pool and do that and that's what I tell my players now like I do have a couple of spots, ironically, on my online game. So wink, wink, nudge, nudge, if you all ever want to play. Um, Ooh, I'm just saying. Um, but it, but that's, that would be a thrill. Um, listen, I'm just saying, if you want to, you're more than welcome to. I, I do not. I will never say no to anyone who wants to play because I think that D&D, especially like my gaming table, I don't necessarily call it a safe space. I call it like a sacred space, right? Like not like, not to be blasphemous to anyone, like especially having like religious views and contexts, but I call it more, you know, like how you see, like this area is like a place where, at least at my table, we don't talk about politics. We don't talk about religion. We don't talk about things, or rather we don't talk about it in an offensive way. We always try to learn from one another. We have that open dialogue. We don't give a damn what, who you are, what you do. We're here to play games and to have fun and to hang out and to just chill. Like that's, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's,
3: that's yeah, you got to have, um, especially when you're involving like a a real group of people that are coming out of the game these rules are going to help make it so accessible, and so mm-hmm. that everyone can have an entry point in, and it's it yeah makes complete and, sense. And I mean, that's
2: always your baseline, right? I talk about baseline. Baseline's always fun. Is everyone yep. having yeah. fun? You yes. A goblin and taking over. A kingdom I mean, in,
3: and in our chest and collecting the gold. that's Yeah. Fun. In our yeah. games, yeah. like it's just yeah. the three of us, and, and we play with another guy named Nick too, who's great. We're we're all old friends, and oftentimes we allow the game to get, like, very, uh, never with the intention of it being, like, um, self-indulgent, but we we don't have, like, a content warning barrier. (laughs) We just allow things to happen, (laughs) like, and and sometimes, no, we're not searching for anything bad, but look, if you're going into a town and you're influencing it, things are going to get political. If I'm a goblin in a town, that doesn't like goblins. There's a, a certain feeling about you correct know, I mean, like bigotry, I, that and gets that's touched upon. And yeah. I do touch on those
0: things because, again, like okay, the tieflings in my world. Anyone that sees a tiefling, they're like, you are a piece of shit right. because right. yeah, because in my world, essentially, they. Well, let me back up. So they either see them as a piece of shit, or they see them as like, oh, I'm so sorry that you leave yet you live this cursed life. Oh, and the wow. reason being is because in my world during the basically during the great calamity or if you were on the BBEG side the great cleansing. So now you're mixing perspectives. Right, right. Um tieflings essentially the way a tiefling was created was when devils, demons, fiends, things of that nature stole children for the war effort, because they were losing troops, so they would steal children and create warriors. Right. So Whoa. the story of Baba Yaga stealing children right. that became a myth based upon reality, because there was a person called Baba Yaga that would steal children, and they would wow. basically transform them into tieflings. So in my world, um, and I'll send you guys this image uh, kind of as an example, but the tiefling can have dwarvish features because uh, you know maybe they stole dwarven children oh, right. exactly um the legend of peter pan like the actual like legend oh, of, the
1: dark one the scary yes. one
0: yes <laughs> the fairy like, tale version yeah like peter pan was con- in my world was conscripted by the devils and demons to steal and lure children like
1: well, that's basically well, what the actual author did didn't he
0: yeah oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. like you know, but then in my world, the Asimar did the same thing. So the celestial beings and the angels and the gods and whatnot would come visit people and basically say, you are the, cho- you know, your child has been chosen to fight in this war. Do you consent to that? And the, of course, the human, the, the mortals would be like, yes, please take my child. Like we're so honored. And then they're asked. So again, same concept. There might be a dwarven Asimar that instead of like angel wings, they have very rudimentary like wings that kind of look like a yeah 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 exactly nice. so
3: well it all touches upon some uh parallel or other ideas that are dangerous and it's a it's a it's a tightrope act but it uh, is but we but learn all, from it we're all adults
0: we're adults and my biggest thing is this it's i've learned this from several dms and i think any good dm worth you know, worth their salt um, is always going to be respectful of their players. And something that I highly recommend uh, DMs, especially new DMs to say, hey, listen, if you don't consent to this, I'm not going to even touch it. Right. You you have your list of like, okay, don't do this. Don't do that. Like, hey, I don't you know, this is a bit of a trigger for me or hey, you know, just let's just not let's just fade this into black. Right. Like if you and your party are like, hey, we're going to go see some we're going to go to a brothel okay, if the party says I'm choosing to fade to black, you respect it. If they say, no, we want to role play this, then, you know, whatever you do, you know, that's uh, the the group you have Absolutely. to, you have yeah. to have
1: full consent. Yeah, you got to rock that in the Sesh Zero. For
2: us, for four cisgendered, three and a half white men, we have visited many <laughs> of our <App> House. <laughs> Yeah. Done many a homoerotic thing that we are never ashamed of. We get so deep into it that we love it. The world of it the characters, it's, it's beautiful. It's yeah. almost beautiful to express yourself that way, right? There's, well, little, there's sure.
1: little. There's little. There's <laughs> little off the table. Yeah.
3: Unhinged uh, silliness, sometimes. Yeah. You know. Well,
2: well, that's the thing, man. Intention and emotion and. I love it. Yeah, it's it gets more it. bathhouses. there should be more bathhouses. There. In our next <laughs> yeah,
1: campaign, bathhouse. let's get some more.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. place just in a brothel
0: bath <laughs> I'll be there for that one.
3: <laughs> also, That's what nice. other game? What other fork. game is out there that like constantly teaches you to search for different creative ways to like brutally kill another living thing? <laughs> like the, the mo- one of the most celebrated things in in D&D is like when you finally finish off an enemy it's like okay, yeah m- narratively how does this happen yeah, do and either you 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 know bulldoze through it or you make a meal of it I split his head in two and the blood goes yeah. In romanticizing game, the violence.
2: Kid, say, describe it. We always get to describe
1: Yeah, that's what we kids. do. Yeah. You kill yeah, them, or it's a crit, you take yeah, them out, it could be describe intense it. Silly it's just a or... time for the spotlight to shine on the player. Yeah.
3: What about uh, you? How, how how are your yeah, uh, how are you, you fatalities? Gotta, yeah,
1: let's hear some fatalities. Executed. Let's hear some fatality stories.
0: I had one. Okay, so the best fatality story was um with my second group of Back in the day, be- before all the stuff happened in 2020, um, I had a group in person—not the same group, but a different one—and they basically had finished. They finished this kind of uh, story arc, and they found out that this uh, this duke, so to speak, was a vampire. So you know, they're in a the combat situation. they stuck the duke with a stake. So now the vamp, you know, can't, you know, the vampire lord can't rejuvenate. So because of the stake in its chest. From there, though, um, they're chasing this vampire down because they're like cast like eldritch blast or, you know, like arrows, like they're like divine smite. They're doing all this crazy stuff. And my, and I'm again, my end behind the DM screen, I'm like, oh, like this vampire is going to die. Like this guy's gonna die, Um, and it's gonna be close. So obviously, like I'm trying to get out of there. The players were like, "Okay, let's can we throw the warlock to like basically reach and close the distance on the enemy?" I said, "You know what? Fastball special it. Let's go." (laughs) So the half work who again like half-orc cleric, who's got like a 20 strength, the dragonborn monk, who yeah, it was dragonborn monk, who's got another 20 strength, like they are like just strong as hell.
3: And do you, are you calculating like, do you get granular with as many rules as you can about the throw and the distance? and? In this case, I was not. Typically, I would be like, okay, like sort of thing or?
0: It was a DC. Right, it was nice. a DC.
3: We do that a lot too. If, if but the, just the
0: the spear. dice spoke, dude. The dice <laughs> spoke because they yeah. both rolled. I really said, I said, roll a strength check, assist whatever. They both rolled natural twenties.
3: <gasps> yes,
0: like it was, yes. and and they yeeted the warlock. Um, <laughs> and dude, I was like, okay, you know, make your attack, and the warlock was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to cast Eldritch Blast. Another freaking nat 20, three nat 20s in a row. Oh my God,
4: and this I'm needs
0: to be made into a cartoon. I'm I, it really does. If I had the power, I, if, if I had the ability to draw, I would, because I I'm looking at all this in my ma- my jaws to the floor. I'm like, Holy shit. And I'm like, you know what? Th- th- this deserves to finish off. And I mean, the best part, and I'm getting goosebumps right now because I was like, describe it. Tell me, tell me how you would do this, dude. He puts my hero from the Foo Fighters like that oh, first track like that, like that. Just the drum part. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And he just says, this is what I do. And like right when the, you know, right when the band kicks in fully, like I describe. Dude, I describe how he like the like something
3: what he would do. <laughs> oh my gosh, it
0: was so good, dude! Like that was the best to this day is the best fatality like story oh, wow. ever.
1: Awesome. Oh wow, damn! So well
0: yeah, and setting up real, music man. cues that's is real uh, shit.
2: Is next level. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> it was. It, I love am the music When we're playing, yeah, like, okay, yeah,
3: what he'll DJ.
2: Yeah. And setting up tracks and setting up. Jay and I have this very deep underlying things when a music, when a yes. song comes on. Yes. We can just look at each other.
3: And it's like, Bzzz. I'm in the middle of just listening to the DM intently. And then perfectly, I realize my thoughts are like going mm-hmm. on this roller coaster of like cinematic, like stars aligning with what I'm hearing. And the music is going. I'm like, this music is perfect. Oh, yeah. And I'm I look over you. at Chris and he's already looking at me because he knows he's going to get me. Yes, yeah, man, this guy's but we dare not interrupt the DM in the middle of when we're, we're, we're under fire brain. or something. Just
2: that human you need that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But
1: sometimes the auditory experience will even like dictate what happens. I remember we were on Jay's oh, yeah. patio once, right? And he lives by uh, there's a train that often comes or sometimes comes by his yeah. house, and we were doing a rhyme of the frost maiden thing. And he uh, oh, you nice. know, Jay was a ranger, and uh, Chris was this wizard
3: is still
1: is still yeah. is it's uh, still going it's still going but uh we started hearing the hearing this rattling and they're in the middle of these planes so all of a sudden of course all these beasts and all these uh giants started trampling through only because yeah, sure we could he hear the rattling of the railroads <laughs> and it would take and then even as the train passed the story kind of progressed as you escape them so Damn.
3: yeah it's exciting you trying really to, to, keep, to keep absorb the game of everything
1: flow? yeah
0: well yeah. you you just give an example of why like when i run workshops i've told dms like hey utilize the five senses like whatever you know, like describe to them what do they see what do they hear what do they mm-hmm. feel what do they touch what do they smell right like I running a homebrew
2: for these guys and i asked them to close their eyes I yeah i wanted my battle oh, and we didn't know to bring this sort of South Asian feel to it, not that incense in South Asia, but you know what I mean? I was so surprised. a lot of <laughs> I was you know, into it, South Asian accents, and a lot of that
3: took me there, but it,
2: yeah. yeah, it was that. It was like, let me, let me kind of pull them in this way,
3: heck yeah! So, you know and that's when we got like our that. first uh, uh, r- rack, uh, what's it, the rack, uh, Rakshasha. R- 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 rack, shasha, yeah.
0: Oh, nice yeah you see like i i would love i need to start actually actually the incense is a great thing to use because now that I think about it, like you can use it for anything for temples, for marketplaces, for anything really like i mean it's all that
3: scene changing that's really fun like when you exactly get scene change that's always like a an amazing like your whole brain kind of resets for different escape mode
0: it it really it's one of those things where I feel like when you um, how should I say this when you go into that depth of using your senses you are helping the players immerse themselves even more into the world um hell use the feelings what feeling does this you know um I guess communicate right yeah. if you are for example I have a player uh who's a former pirate you know kind of like sailor And they're going to, the next session, they're going to go into a port city. And that's all the the smells of the sea, the hearing the seagulls, or I'm going to basically have it evoke an emotion of like wanting him, like, I'm going to try to pull it where he's going to try to go back into the sea and become a pirate. And now that he's in this group, will he separate and become a pirate or will he stay with the group? Like what is that choice that he has?
3: Man, those are great, great ideas, man. And I'm, I love that you said that you, you've been writing those. You're talking about those prompts, I, mm-hmm. those tables uh, that yeah. you have written in the style of like it's in a book or something, right? Like in one of the books.
0: Well, it's actually also the, the reason it's in that form is because hopefully by end of year, I'll be producing it. I'll be producing essentially these tables that I write for the community and they can purchase it and they can have it for their own game.
3: Well, that oh, is, well, you can a consider, uh, we'll be your first customer.
0: I Well, I appreciate that. I don't know if I'm going to do DMs Guild. Um, I don't know. I might do like just my own start, like my own website. Um, just because with DMs Guild, I've heard good and bad reviews on it. So I just want to be like, okay, let me do my own research first before I say anything. Um, I think Drive RPG might be one of them that I would be placing it on for sure, because um, I've heard nothing but positive reviews from Drive RPG. Even though I think they're they're owned by the same company, so I'm pretty sure. So I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see.
1: Ryan, well, Ryan, right I've got I've got a big question to ask you. I don't know if you could divulge anything.
0: Yes, go for it.
1: Has Joe Magniello ever DM'd you?
0: man no i wish like i he want you right he does fall dude okay when it's joe amazing. followed me
1: that. he that does like yeah i saw funny. i noticed it the other day i was like what I'm like, the... Fucking the best.
3: good for you dude, brian that's yeah that's an... bro so jelly knighted. the
0: day <laughs> that <laughs> joe the day that joe followed me i was like
3: what the fuck
0: like <laughs> i i told i i like screamed that and my mom was like language I was like, but mom. And I showed her, and she was like, oh, damn. (laughs) And because my mom was like, Joe Megan She was like, trying to remember. She was like, I know he's an actor, but I know he's married. And because my mom loves modern modern family, she loved that show. So I'm like, mom, he's married to Sophia Vergara. And she was like, oh, my gosh, don't, you know, and she, of course, (laughs) she just started going like, cube and she was like oh like you're speaking in spanish She was like oh my gosh oh my gosh like this is so great my baby and i'm like thanks mom like appreciate it um Cheers. and but like oh, joe's me, mom. I, told you to <laughs> I told you mom damn it um but no, know he seems like a i mean when i posted things about him like like just not to kiss ass like i that's the one thing like i don't i i I don't like to kiss ass because it's rude to me, but it's also rude to them. Cause it's just like, it's not real, right? When you kiss someone's ass, in my opinion, and it's because I've just, I've been given that, I've been taught that lesson about not kissing ass, like at work, especially like I've seen people who've kissed ass and it's like, it's, it's, an, it's not authentic, right? Yeah. Um, versus like when you truly uh, respect someone, that is more authentic so i respect what joe has done in the community absolutely he's been able to kind of balance, you know he's been able to balance his work life but he also just loves the hobby and he's been involved in the hobby and for the people who've said oh joe joined you know the hobby or he's now telling people about the hot that he's in the hobby because d and d is cool I basically say that's bullshit because Joe's been playing D&D for a very long time. Exactly. Um, you read
1: into it. Yeah.
0: I
3: mean, who who and, knows? And I mean, his like, basement, his home his life could be great. Sophia, like, waiting for him at the dinner table, just fuming. And just, yeah, but, Get yeah. off
1: that
2: fucking game! <laughs> <laughs> I hate that D&D!
1: <laughs> Tell Tom Morello to go home.
2: It's, uh, it's so weird because, like, <laughs> uh, you also bring up an aspect about really any microcosm, really any subculture. Yes. Like, so yeah we always like, yep. really? and it's like, uh, it's like you know, I, I think the term, the popular term now is at least is gatekeeping, gate correct? Gatekeeping, gatekeeping. Yeah, 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 um, but it's just very funny because it's, it's, uh, it, it, it has no basis as anything, it's, uh, it seems very much a, a product of the internet, it's people being able to voice their opinion about it. I'm staunchly because I love it so much am I more valid than you well, it. I think the, the, the majority of us think oh this is just a playground we get to play it. So
0: let's- yeah no you hit the nail on the head man you hit the nail on the head um, okay like I'll be honest if for some reason Joe Manganiello would come on this podcast I'd be more than excited if Joe never comes on this podcast that's okay too because I do this because I love D&D like I you know what I'm saying? Like if Matt Mercer, any of them. A, a, listen, any anyone. Well, listen, anyone who anyone who's a guest on my on this podcast to me, like y'all are the MVP because this is really just a passion project. Like I, you know, we all have day jobs, we all have families and friends and responsibilities, and this just allows me to hang out with people that I consider are good people in the community. Um, so, yeah, no, um, yeah, that's, but that's,
3: that's we couldn't, we'll, we'll mirror that vibe right, right back, back at you, back you, you man. Absolutely.
0: Well, I appreciate it. I definitely, you know, I guess this is how things are done. But if you ever want a Slavic type dwarf in your world, let me know. Um, I'm a phone call away, but uh,
3: this, that sounds God, like a plan. Okay.
0: Us. No, I'm tempting
3: for sure. I will tempt. <laughs> um, it doesn't <laughs> have to be We're all re- required. I mean, I'm just saying, I can play currently, whatever. Uh, currently, right now, we are, our most um, sacred hours. Are trying? We're trying to find time, even to play with each other at, at all, to carry on our. Uh, <laughs> I hear that next uh, Dwarven Moss adventure and finishing our um, our uh, Curse of Strahd part so Act Three. three? Uh, yeah, because we're in the middle of uh, Act Two right now, and um, and Act Three is. Going to be the big climactic
2: end. To ourselves, the credit I will give ourselves. I guess. Is,
3: uh, <laughs> Actually, yeah. I'll give yeah. some credit ourselves. Uh, I guess. Talk about ourselves
2: a bit more, um, is, is that we, you know, we did a lot of research and got kind of like, well, what, what do we want to listen to? There is, I think, when this quarantine started, and to credit of D and D, it is a way to connect with people.
3: So like, For sure. And the when credit when to COVID.
2: Is that people wanted to play this game? People wanted to
3: connect with each other, right? Yeah.
2: It, so there was a sort of swell of uh, streams of D and D, and this is really D&D and this is D and D, new D and D podcast, and we were like, okay, this is great. This is getting it out there. What do we want to do? How do we want to do it? And we thought, well, we want to kind of do it this way. You know, Jay's a, a musician, yeah, uh, and a composer. He's going to bring that I'm a comedian and actor. Tom is a storyteller. And he knows this stuff deep down from the history of D&D. Yeah. Let's take advantage of these things. So I think that was our thing, and especially going into the next uh, leg of this journey of creating the story, is going, okay, how do we want to fashion this thing? Because we didn't want to put it out just as a blank screen. We didn't want to put it out as Press play and go. Like, that's right and we
3: watched critical role and we, we, watched, yeah, exactly. we saw yeah. what critical role was we doing this thing specifically for the we just started editing well, more yeah, and more saw, and more
1: we saw so many and we liked so many but we also wanted to be like okay well what can we actually do so it's you not...
3: wanted to be your
0: own thing have our own voice yeah.
1: like you basically what you've we've been saying that you've been saying the whole time yeah exactly
0: i honestly started this podcast during quarantine myself like and i man i i just wanted to talk nerdy shit with my friends um now now yeah yeah yeah. like some people though have said that this is like the joe rogan podcast of uh of like nerd dumb and i was like what really dude no i love it because the only thing is like we're not talking about dmt yet
1: but (laughs) i'm just saying like (laughs) like dungeons and tryptamines Dungeons and trippy. Mm. Then Dun-
0: that would be a fun stream. Um, that, shit. That's like a eighteen and over plus I mean, stream. Yeah,
3: let's go to the Feywild, dude. Let's oh, rock. DMD and DMT. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, dude. That would be that's. See, but I would do some like Jay and Silent Bob shit. I'd be <laughs> that. That would be my type. It'd be like fifteen gold, little man. Put that shit in my in, in hand. My hand. <laughs> yeah, dude yeah I'm just saying, but no i i mean i that's the best compliment because for me, that means that I've established a place where literally everyone can feel comfortable talking about d and d from every walk of life.
3: That's the way it should be yep that's i,
0: I i'm I, I'm okay with that we like, had
3: a an, an amazing time uh talking with you
0: I this was gonna say time. I appreciate it and for and just to give folks a little bit um more info before we close this episode they can find the pod where can they find the podcast because i know where they can find it but where can they find it what would you said recommend but more importantly what do you have coming down the pipeline that you want to share if you can share share anything
3: uh i'd say search for dwarven moss yeah uh, anywhere because we're on pretty much any platform you'd like like to enjoy a podcast i was gonna say you have you have youtube Apple Podcasts.
0: Yeah. Apple Podcasts. Uh, yeah. I, I personally like your YouTube channel because I do like the visual components because I'm a visual person. So I mm-hmm. do like it. Um, cool. So I'm going to be biased. I like the YouTubes, but that's just me. Oh, yeah. That's I awesome, mean, man. like we have a dream Check out our where YouTube,
3: then. What, uh, uh, some we got shorts up there too. some yeah. new uh, uh, talented uh, artist genius fan writes us hey can i do some visuals for you on youtube <laughs> so am just going to try to manifest destiny that one but, i cast uh,
2: wish <laughs> uh, but then also, yeah we love that on, uh, got a Patreon crit wish
3: yeah we got some nice. goodies and, and bonuses wow. And yeah, Dwarven Moss. That that's what we're yeah we're, we're doing. wrapping
1: up Act Two. That's that's the big thing in the pipeline. And honestly, yeah. I, as of like the last episode or something, I mean, we these are really coming up at a crescendo. We are hitting
3: the cream yeah, of the it's crop. A big part of the story. The next, uh, it's really exciting two releases. So oh we're nice. Anyways, we're in the yeah. uh, uh, golden years of our podcast right now. Which <laughs> right. I was gonna say. Horizon is Act Three,
2: finishing Act Three. Yeah. And, and finishing Curse of Strong. We want to have the
3: best freaking podcast about Strahd.
2: Yeah, the, ever. yeah ever. The best Strahdcast. Hell yeah.
1: We're we're
0: uh, we're trying Strahd. Multiverse. I like it. <laughs> so are you saying that you're in your end game now with Strahd? Oh, I know.
2: This, you know what? I would say this is our infinity war, and we're going on to our end. Game. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, folks need to. So, okay, folks. So, you need to catch up so that you can be in the infinity war and then progress into the end game.
4: Ooh. Yes.
0: And then, whenever I join, and I'm going to, for the viewers out there who can't see this, I'm doing the typical anime pointing fingers. Yes. But, is. um.
4: DC, this is- we're in our
2: Batman versus Superman right now, extended Ooh. Zack Snyder cut. Uh huh. Into our HBO
3: Snyder cut justice. Which was the superior? Let's be real.
0: It was Chef's Kiss. No, I'll jump in when it's Madness of Multiverse. How about that? Oh, yes. Mwah. I'll, I'll yes. jump in, or I'll jump in when you do. Just I'll jump in whenever. I'm. I'm. I'll, <laughs> I will shameless
1: and bring the Slavic dwarf as Wild well. Yeah, I, I will.
0: That that I will definitely do that. But no, I'll also post links um to Patreon as well because I, I definitely want folks to check out Patreon, especially if y'all have some goodies and whatnot, and probably yeah. some uh some ways to support the podcast as well because I think that's. I mean, honestly, Patreon's really good about that, but. That's another conversation. Anyway. Hey, we can't wait to share
3: yeah. talking about you too. It's been such a pleasure. You, hey, you are clearly that. a very knowledgeable person about all things about this game. Uh, I've followed you on uh, Instagram for like a while now. Yeah, yeah And we for just love just when we can see me. people talking about the real inside uh, tactics and the inside baseball of it all. Well, I appreciate
0: that y'all. I mean, I really do. It's, it's very, you know, this community never ceases to amaze me and this community never ceases to surprise me in the most beautiful ways. And I appreciate y'all for doing that and for really just, you know, being a support like I think we're I think we can safely say that we we are support systems for one another in this community and you don't get that often in other communities
3: we're we're, we're looking for opportunities where we can you know like we there's there's a lot of fun ways that we found that, to connect and hear stories from people and about D&D and it's it's so it's it is such a beautiful community couldn't agree more
0: it it definitely is but on that note my friends those who are listening, I appreciate you listening. Again, please consider following this podcast. Leave a like, subscribe to it if you are on Apple. Leave us a five star review because those uh, not only help the D D TTRPG community, but it actually lets me know what type of content that uh, you are you are wanting uh, to listen to more. Uh, most importantly, though, folks, be kind and compassionate to one another. Some crazy things are. We're living through some crazy things and some crazy times, but compassion will help us go through. Again, Brian the Bearded Nerd. Love y'all, be good, and as always, keep game.